If I were to attribute my growth both mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, or financially uh, to one thing, that would probably be self-growth self and learning and consciously doing so. I mean, we learn every day, but consciously choosing what I want to learn and where to improve, uh, that was one of the biggest difference makers. And the reason why I'm telling you this is simply because you are listening to this podcast and you yourself are consciously choosing what to consume, what to learn and how to improve. And I want to congratulate you on that. I want to say that you are in the right place and at the right time. Uh, I'm super pumped to have you here. You're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. Welcome, everyone. Every Friday, I'm releasing new episode on the podcast with amazing, amazing marketers uh, who are six, seven and eight figure earners. And I'm releasing solo cast episodes every Tuesday. Uh, which I'm doing myself, where I'm sharing my own journey, my own takeaways, the wins and the losses losses that I have along the way. So if you do want to be part of this amazing journey, I would definitely invite you to subscribe to the podcast, not to miss any of the new episodes. And speaking of the new episodes, I'm having amazing Jam Jamie Dorshek on, the, on today's episode. She's in amazing extraordinary copywriter and she as well runs her own six-figure agency recently actually uh, she was working for a client and managed to double their monthly re uh, profit i think or revenue don't quote me on this but it was from like half a million to a million dollars a month in i think spam of three months only so to say that she is knowledgeable and skilled would be definitely an understatement and what i also want to add is that we've covered like some of the things and tips that she is actually using for her work and it might come as a surprise to you because not a lot of people do it and they're like results and i'm excited to share this one i think you will learn a lot and you will probably realize if you haven't already that it's actually what we write in our copy it's not design it's not like how you look or whatever it's what we write that should resonate with our customers or potential customers uh, and that's what makes the biggest difference in does someone take action or not so i'm super excited to share with you this episode i learned a lot from her and i'm sure you will too enjoy Hello everyone, you're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host Miodrag Milenkovic. Alright, today I have a very special guest and we were just having a little chat before the interview and I really love her areas of expertise because uh, we didn't have a lot of that with, our, with the rest of our guests, so I'm pretty excited to dive into this. Hello Jamie, welcome to the show, how are you doing today? Hey, Mio Drag, I'm doing awesome. How are you? Doing very well. So uh, for the listeners that don't know you, could you briefly introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about your background story as well as like, why did you choose this 
online entrepreneurship route? Absolutely. So, you know, I really don't think that I could be anything besides an entrepreneur. Um, I don't know about you, but definitely when I was growing up, like as a teenager, but even, even as a younger child, I just, I can't get up in the morning, dude. I'm like, sometimes I'll sleep until like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Not so much anymore, but like definitely when I was a kid, like my mom would eventually have to come into my room and be like, are you, are you alive in there? Like you want any lunch? Um, so I just think that, and I mean, even still, like I said, it's not that bad anymore. Um, but I just cannot imagine how I would ever, um, wake up five days a week and like get myself like to be somewhere by nine. That means you have to get up earlier than that. Um, so I don't think I could ever be employed in a regular way. How I got into this, um, I'll just shorten the story cause it's a bit of a whole life journey, but I'll try to like crush it down. Um, so when I was in high school and I was going into college, I knew that I was going to be a music major. Um, and I play a weird instrument. It's called the bass clarinet. It's uh, kind of looks like a tenor saxophone. It's not the one that you, if you imagine a clarinet, it's like not that one. Google it. It looks really cool. Um, maybe for all you guys listening, we'll put like a link to a picture or something in the show notes because they look really sure. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because it's this weird instrument, there were only five schools in the world um, at the time where you could do this as an undergraduate degree. Normally you would do a master's in the regular clarinet and then I'm sorry, a bachelor's and then this as a master's, but I'm like, Nope, like that's not me. Um, so ultimately I wound up like doing all the audition stuff. And then I went to music conservatory in Switzerland. Um, and that meant that I was there on an education visa. So you cannot work at all for the first six months of being there. And then after the first six months, you can only work for 10 hours a week maximum. Um, and I don't know if what you know about Switzerland, but it's super expensive. So I'm just like, you know, that's not going to work, obviously. So then came the problem solving of like, well, I should teach myself a skill so that I can make money. And um, I have to be paid by PayPal so it doesn't go into my Swiss bank account. I shouldn't probably work with European people at all, but definitely not Swiss people. Um, and But it presented some unique challenges because like, you know, if I'm going to be trying to work with Americans or whatever, I'm in another time zone. So I can't be... Um, you know, you could work like on Amazon as a chat tech support person or whatever, but they want you to really be there like in shifts. And so I can't really commit to like a shift in American time because I'm in another time zone. Um, plus being a music major, my schedule was all types of whack. Um, so it's not even like I had a consistent schedule. So I went to a website called Reddit um, R E D D I T for anyone who has not heard of it, go check it out. It's pretty cool. It's like a forum, like the biggest forum about everything you could possibly imagine. And there's one called, um, R slash for hire is kind of like Craigslist. So I went on there and I'm like, well, let me just see like what people are wanting to pay people money for, I guess. Um, and so I like scroll down the thing. And I saw like, you know, marketing, marketing, I want marketing help. 
So I'm like, okay, whatever. I guess I will teach myself that. Um, and that's how I got started. And then I just kept doing it. Um, I've been doing it for five years now. Um, like three of them part-time and two full-time. That's, that sounds like an interesting journey. And I love that you mentioned the thing about the skill set. Like you were aware that you need to develop an actual skill set that will later be monetized because I fund a lot of beginners, especially in affiliate marketing. They come and they expect easy money. But the thing is, unless you develop some certain skill sets, like you can't really do anything. So what are some core things that you have learned um, about marketing before and after you started earning money with it? Yeah, absolutely. And I really like what you said that um, in affiliate marketing, it is super, super common for people to think that it's easy money. Um, and overall, just in entrepreneurship, people think that it's easy money, but the truth is, is that it's a process. And I have spent over the course of my career, um, thousands and thousands of hours, um, reading books, try and uh, taking what I read in the book and applying it to, um, the market and stuff like that. So it does definitely take time. Um, I would say that probably the two I like both the most important skills and the skills that people, um, you know, beginners, uh, trip up over and make mistakes with are these two. The first one is just understanding who your audience is. And then the second one is really just getting that messaging, right? Um, so for understanding who your audience is, I feel like that a lot of people, especially beginners, um, have trouble grasping or understanding an avatar who's not themselves. Um, and the truth is that, look, if have you affiliate marketers out there, um, have you ever bought the product that you're trying to market? If you're getting something off of ClickBank or whatever, probably not. So then that means to me that you shouldn't be trying to write the avatar as though it's yourself because you didn't buy it. So you need to figure out who bought it and who they are. Um, and that leads into the second point, which is really getting the messaging right, is that, oh gosh, I mean, there's so many problems. Um, I would say that most people's copy is like way too long-winded, but that doesn't mean long, you know? Like somehow people try to write short copy, but actually by the time I finish reading it, I feel like I didn't learn anything and like it was a complete waste of time. So it's not anything to do with even the length. It's just like, how important is what you're saying to me? Um, and how long does it take you to get to whatever your point is? Which even, believe it or not, in three sentences, sometimes that can feel like eternity versus I could read um, a long copy, like an email of multiple paragraphs. But if I'm really into it, then that is going to feel like, um, you know, what they say, time flies when you're having fun. Um, and so I don't want anyone to misunderstand. Um, I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying because I am not saying that you shouldn't write long copy. And to be honest, most of my copy does wind up being pretty long. But um, the secret about messaging is that you really need to try to um, explain the value or the reason for whatever people buy your product in their own words. 
in their own thought process. So what that means is that you have to understand, like, how do they describe the problem to themselves? Um, you can't rely on buzzwords. You know, most, most like, let me say, you know, um, if it's a women's weight loss supplement or whatever, like, most people aren't like, um, yeah, like, I just want to get, like, a flat belly or something. Pe what people say to themselves is, I really don't like the way that I look. Um, seeing myself in pictures makes me really upset. You know, like that's the type of stuff that people say. Um, and it's really getting, it's, it's um, the research process is understanding how people describe their own problems to themselves. What type of stuff have they maybe tried before to resolve that problem? How has it worked for them? Or even if they've tried nothing, what is the steps of the decision-making process um, going to be? Because if like, and I just keep using weight loss because I know that that's like all the fuck over ClickBank. Um, and it's like, if people are going like, how did they come to the decision that they want to lose weight? And what are the different steps that they're going to take as they're trying to discover um, the method that they're going to try? to lose weight and look how they want um, and all that type of stuff. And the most important part to resolving that is research. Um, and I think a lot of people don't spend nearly enough time in research. And I, if I could give like one big tip to overcome this problem with messaging specifically, but also it really applies to both of them, to knowing who your audience is <clears throat> and that messaging aspect is going to be like, to be honest, research for me is one of the longest parts of my process when I'm doing work. Um, and I, uh, just to get everyone up to speed, do like a lot of copywriting and emails and funnels and all that type of stuff, um, product launches, tons of cool things like that. Um, but I spend like almost the longest part of my process is, um, to be honest, dude, you know what I do? I read reviews, um, all kinds of reviews. Uh, reviews of the product if they exist. And if there are not reviews of the product, then I look for um, similar products or competitor products. And I read reviews and I see what do people like about it so that I know, you know, look at five star reviews like, okay, people like this type of stuff about it. And then I look at one star reviews to be like, what do people really um, hate about it? So that it's just as important to say, I'm not what you hate as it is to say, I am what you want. Um, and that could be a really easy way to differentiate yourself in the market. And then you can take it even one step further, not only just like direct competitors and um, direct, like if you're selling a health uh, or a weight loss supplement, you can, you know, you can look at other supplements and that will be helpful information. And you could even take that one step further, go on to Amazon, type in, weight loss or weight loss for women or like, you know, weight loss after a bulk or whatever type of thing your supplement is supposedly like trying to target or whatever, and look at different products than the one that you have that address the same thing. So like books, DVDs, whatever, and then do the same thing, go into the reviews, five star, what do people like? One star, what do people hate? And it's all valuable information that you can use to inform your strategy and the messaging and who exactly are the kinds of people 
who use this stuff. Oh my, you gave so much value and so much to unpack. And honestly, a lot of people, when they're starting out, I don't think they even like think through these things. They're even not aware that they are needed. And I want to dive into those two things that you said were the core things. And I agree. A lot of people triple over that. And I also want to mention, like I was interviewing, I think it was in one of first 10 interviews, Blake Newber. I don't know if you heard of him. Yeah, I'm in his um, funnel fighter, fighter, freedom fighters. Freedom fighters, yeah. Freedom fighters. <laughs> he he is great, and he he had his like forty three day Tacoma Club funnel, which is ridiculous with cold traffic. Yeah. And I asked him like, well, I think the question was, what is the biggest mistake people make with funnels or something like that, and he was like. Uh, funnels come last like the biggest and most important part is research and i really love that you stress that as well we we will dive into that as well but let's let's first tackle the first two parts someone like starts either is new or is struggling with affiliate marketing or it could be their own product Uh, how do they become more clear as to who their target avatar is and then we will dive into messaging and positioning a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, you know, the easiest way to figure out who your target avatar is, um, I like that you brought people um, with their own product into it too, because I think that that can add a layer of complication because with affiliate marketing, um, you're probably selling the same supplement or you know, they have other stuff on affiliate marketing. I don't know why I keep coming back to that, but, um, you know, selling the same thing as other people. So in that case, you usually are given swipe copy or examples. And let me tell you guys, I've reviewed lots of swipe copy, um, for some of my clients in the sense of like, I've been helping some of my clients build out their own affiliate centers because they want to upload their, you know, they're, they're on like the other side of you guys listening to this. They're the, you know, I don't want to, they're not exactly. Yeah. Like I'm like, they're not exactly the employer, but you know, they're on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Um, And so I've been helping some of them build out their affiliate center as far as like, what should we be giving people and da, 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 da. So to be doing that, I went through a lot of affiliate products um, to see what exactly what exactly are you given. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, a lot of the swipe copy that you're given sucks. Um, you should probably just not use it. And I know that that maybe um, is scarier, but here's what I say that you could use of it. You could probably keep the structure Um, so if they're telling you that like the launch and the sales sequence for this product is 10 emails or whatever, you could probably keep that and then you can review the copy. Maybe, I mean, some of them are just so bad that there really is nothing salvageable from them, but let's say that it's average, you know? Um, and in the average ones, uh, okay. In the average ones, um, you can read over like everything the whole, you know, the totality of the swipe copy package and either take out a highlighter or if you don't print it out, then just get a little highlighter on Adobe um, PDF or whatever. And just try to identify like the major 
points of what they're saying is the value of do of buying whatever it is that you're affiliating. Um, and then what you can do, because a wise man once said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So I would identify what they think in your swipe copy package is the main points and then do this research process like we just talked about where you look at reviews in a case of an affiliate, perhaps of reviews on sites where people are selling your same product or similar products. And you know, you go to ClickBank and you can look up other, you can find other products and click to their main site. You know, it's not exactly the site of another affiliate, but it's like their main slash example site. Um, So you can look at that and see what exactly the testimonials say. And what you're looking for is, how well does it match? You know, how well does what you highlighted in the swipe copy that they gave you um, and what you think the main value is, how closely does that actually match what people are saying? Um, and if you, if you just leave this interview right now and you go do that, I promise you will be helped and you'll like, if you're struggling to make money, you will immediately see that this is why you're struggling to make money. Um, the swipe copy that they give you, unfortunately, is just not that good. And if you're lucky, you know, like ClickFunnels gives good swipe copy. Um, but that's because they really put a lot of effort and thought and testing into doing that versus a lot of uh, like the average average. And I'm saying some of them on worse than average. There's absolutely nothing salvageable about that. You should probably just do it yourself. Um, but if it's average, then you really have to see, well, how closely do they understand who their target market is? Because they might've just hired some guy off of Fiverr to bang out all of this stuff to use a swipe copy and then uploaded it and sent it to you. And they've been using that for five years and they've never looked at it again. Um, But if I can encourage anyone beginning, and that's all for affiliates, but for people who have their own product, you can do the same process as look at your competitors go on Amazon, look at, you know, for me, like I do a lot of copywriting and stuff like that. So if I wanted to sell my copywriting services and I wasn't sure, I might go onto Amazon, type in copywriting and then look at the top selling books and then click on the books and then look at the reviews. And then again, look at the five star and the one star. What do people love about it? What do people hate about it? Um, and if I feel like um, congruency or I feel in alignment with what people like about it, then I'll say that as a point. And if I know for sure, probably I don't do anything that the people really hate. So in, in a way, saying that you're not crap is almost like, you know, it's like, how do you stand out? How do you convince people to go with your solution instead of something else when it feels like there's a million options that people could take? That's probably the number one challenge of either of both, you know, of both affiliate marketers and people trying to market their own product. And if you're not sure the key identifying points that make you unique, you can even start with, well, I'm not this thing that you really hate. Um, so that's, that's better than, than being what you hate. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Throw, throw them rocks on the red ocean as Steve Larson teaches and try to develop your own. So let's say they are in, I know a lot of listeners are in ClickFunnels community and it's, it's insane. It's like some crazy 
bonus war fiesta where everybody is trying to market each other with same products and same bonuses so how does one stand out like first defining that uh, customer avatar and secondly how does one craft his messaging and his positioning in the crowded marketplace like that yeah totally using click funnels is a great example so the way to stand out i think and i like what you said about the fact that it's like being in a cage where everyone is just trying to sell each other the same stuff so how do you stand out here's the truth you just can't sell it in the click funnels group you are going to have to go out cuz that is a market in like in that group specifically is a market and in some of the other ones where the there are other groups where it's very popular what i would say the best way to stand out is to go either with a niche or with local businesses and so think about it when you see all of these click funnel success stories how many of them are selling the click funnels products almost none of them what who wins the the two comma club award is people who are like i taught chiropractors how click funnels could be really useful to them or like i taught dentists how and you don't have to focus on you know doctors although a lot apparent i think it works because they have a lot of money um but you could figure out if you are really passionate about um esports or about lifestyle things or about makeup or video games or like whatever you can take something that you're really interested in or just broadly like for me I'm very passionate about my local community um we have an amazing group of businesses here it's so fun like always something going on all the stores are and so many great restaurants everybody's different from each other everybody's doing their own thing so in this case I could build it around my local community and it could be like how Tampa Bay I live in um Florida I didn't say I think but how Tampa Bay businesses can um use the internet to bring in more foot traffic and then you can follow Russell's blueprint of teaching people what sales funnels are why they're important and then go from you know i like you have to take people cuz a lot of these people and this is great though like this is how you stand out that a lot of these people don't know what a sales funnel is and they've never heard of click funnels that's how you sell it because you're not going to be able everybody in the click click funnels group is already using click funnels or if they're not they have a mentor that they're paying hundreds of dollars for all their courses and other you know guru stuff and if they get an affiliate from anyone it's going to be from that person So the best way to do it is to either try to find a business model or a niche or something that you really like um and try to apply and create content and create like literally just reverse engineer what Russell did like he explains why this matters what the sales funnels are steal his McDonald's story funnel hack him but instead of trying to use it on other people in click funnels take it to someone else that's how you can succeed with selling click funnels as an affiliate <laughs> that's so true and i love that and i want to say a lot of people myself included i made this mistake and you mentioned that at the very beginning and that was that we usually either when we are positioning ourselves or where we when we are writing our own copy 
uh, we take ourselves as an avatar. So how does one get out of it and actually understands their whatever who their customer avatar is and tailor their message to them? Yes. So the best way to do this is to get as much natural language input as humanly possible. So like that's why I keep going back to this review stuff because this is somebody taking their time. You know how many people buy things on Amazon or whatever and what small percentage of them take the time to write a review? Um, so you, but, and there's even more ways that you can do this. You just want to get as much in your ear as possible or in your eyes or like read the reviews out loud um, at like, as you're looking at them, say it and read it so that you can just get that thought process on your tongue and in your brain. And like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like the more, the more ways that you process information, the deeper it gets into your brain. So like if you read something and then you read it out loud, you'll remember more about like what you read out loud compared to if you just read it um, regular. And then you would remember even more if like verse, if you're, you know, control group is just reading regular, the uh, A group is reading out loud, and then the B group is reading out loud and writing notes, because then you're using your manual um, and senses and stuff, then the person who used the more senses is going to remember even more than the person who read it out loud and just read it, and like way more than the person who only read it and nothing else. So and depending on whatever your product is, like with Click, if we use ClickFunnels as an example, I would go on YouTube, I would type in ClickFunnels review, and then I would start watching, watching people explain why they chose it, where they were in the situation, because they'll mostly explain, here was my thought process, and I considered one, two, and three, and I got ClickFunnels for such and such and such reason. And now here is my, and I'll watch like five of those or 10 of those or as many as there are. You know, if you're lucky that there's more than 10, you know, and it's just that. It's just, you got to put the faces and the names to the people. And sometimes what really helps is to create. And, you know, look, I think that marketers are sometimes too much into like, I'm about to recommend that you make a customer avatar sheet. But before I talk about that, I just want to say, like, I think too much people are into this bullshit with worksheets and planning and all of that stuff. I don't believe in that, okay? So the fact that I'm about to tell you to do this is for your benefit, um, not because I'm some... I basically don't use these at all unless they're necessary. But if you're really struggling with um, <clears throat> trying to figure out who your avatar is and stuff like that, I would watch 10... Um, ClickFunnels YouTube reviews. And then I would write down, first off, I would like have either a note open or a piece of paper or whatever. I would be like, okay, you know, um, a female, 22 years old, she's really girly. Like she said that she likes concerts or whatever. Okay, this one, he's a dude, he's like 42. And he said that he has a wife and two children, like just whatever little personal tidbits you can pick up from people's stuff. Um, okay, this guy, he's uh, 35 and he seems like he really likes comics because he has like 
a Spider-Man poster in his room or whatever. So any information like that that you can gather from, you know, studying people's body language, listening carefully, there's a difference between active listening and just zoning out and like letting people talk. So active listen, try to glean, you know, treat yourself like a detective. Try to glean whatever details you can about this person. She said she has a dog. I saw a cat in the background. So she's a pet owner. Like whatever personal details you can figure out. And on the same way as I'm saying to go and look at Amazon and stuff, you can see like, so if you click on a, you know, there's a review, you can click on that person's name and you can see what other reviews they have written. Because um, usually if somebody writes one review, they've probably written reviews for other stuff. So you can, by extension, see, well, for one, you can tell if it's a fake um, account because either they've left like one one-star review. Here's how to tell um, a fake profile. If they leave a five-star review and say everything positive and amazing, but only one negative um, and the negative is like very minor. They're basically like, this is the best thing in the world. Like it's super amazing. It changed my life. Like I saw Jesus, like this is so fucking awesome. But, um, you know, I didn't like that. Uh, the shade of blue, it was a little bit too dark and I wish it was lighter. But other than that, it completely changed my life. Um, so that's basically how those fake reviews go. And then if you click on their profile and either that's the only review that they've written or those are the only types of reviews that they write, um, then this is a fake profile and you should ditch it. But for the most part, a real human who writes a review on Amazon, you're more likely to have written other reviews about products. Because I mean, we just talked about percentages um, before, you know, how, what, how many people buy things from Amazon and what small, small, small percent of them take the time to actually write a review. So if you're in that, category and you're a real person and not a robot, um, then you're more statistically likely to have written reviews about other products. So you can click and I can see somebody who, um, like I was saying as my example for copywriting, um, I, and you know, how would we use the Amazon thing for click funnels? Same thing, just type in sales funnels instead of go to Russell Brunson's actual fucking books, you know, click on the reviews. So you can really do it with basically almost anything. Um, so go to Russell Brunson's books, look at the reviews, be conscious of if this is a, like a, like a fake review or not, not, you know, how to identify them. But if you read it and, um, you check out the stuff and you think it's a real person, then click on their name and it will show you other reviews that they've written. So then I'll be like, okay, like um, this person bought alternative rock music. Um, this person likes gardening. You can, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, become a professional online creeper. That's how you figure out. Um, I literally, I'm like, but I'm not even kidding. You know, so once I, I had to, like we didn't know who our avatar was and I had to do all this stuff. So you know what I fucking did? Like besides all of that, I did, um, I went on Google because Google is just better search than searching the websites themselves. I put site colon reddit.com and then a space. And I put in quotes, um, our brand name. 
because there's so many subreddits. It was um, for, a, a, it's called a straightening brush. So it's like a straightening iron, but instead of between two plates, you have the brush and each cylinder is a heating element. So like basically, you know, hair cuticles are round. So you're straightening it all the way around the cuticle instead of just only on two sides. So that's the thing that we were selling. And it's like, how do I find out what people are saying about this product? Because there's so many subreddits on Reddit. Um, there And so many for makeup, for women, for fashion advice. And like this could be talked about in any one of those places. So that's why I go to Google because it's better to do the site operator is what it's called. Um, and it's just better at pulling the whole from all the subreddits, um, what exactly people said. And so I, there were people who um, did mention our product by brand name. And even if they were just asked, some of them were customers and some of them were people just asking, hey, what do you think about this brand? So on all of them, I clicked on their profile. I read their comments. I'm like, she seems like she's in her mid thirties and she lives in upstate New York and she really likes gardening. Like uh, she loves the outdoors and she really likes going to concerts. And this is the stuff that informs the avatar and informs the messaging down the line. But um, back to the, so the whole reason I'm telling you guys to do this is because then what I did um, is that I opened a document and I only made two. Um, cause so here's what I noticed in our exist, like the, the stuff that they were already doing before I became involved was all targeted towards like millennials, like twenties and thirties. Um, but as I was looking at the reviews, a lot of the people were saying that they were in their forties and fifties. So I did one avatar for a millennial and one avatar for, um, like a woman in her forties and fifties. And I was able to use the lady that I found on Reddit in upstate New York who likes gardening to inform my um, my older avatar because she was posting like and this is you can figure stuff out about people. She was posting in subreddits that were like ask women over thirty and um, ask old crones is one of the subreddits that um, exists and stuff like that. So it's like you can tell, and there are also websites where you can take somebody's Reddit username. Reddit investigator is one. And then there's another one I can't think of right now, but you can take somebody's username, put it into this, um, Reddit investigator, and it will just tell you like what percent of their comments are in what, um, subreddits, like, you know, if she posts all the time in gardening, gardening will be really big and stuff like that. So like you really can start to, and they'll even say, you know, it guesses if you're married, it guesses if you're gay or straight. It guesses if you have any pets, like it's just using um, the AI or it's like using language analysis based off of your comments to try to figure some of that stuff out. It guesses what time zone you're in based off of when you post your comments. So it's like you can do stuff like that. Um, then I took out a document and I put a picture of honestly for the um, for the millennial <laughs> My friend, like, I had never heard of this company when I started working with them, but I searched them on Facebook, and then I saw that one of my friends was um, 
she liked the Facebook page. So um, I just took her picture and because this didn't get shared with anyone, it was just for my own usage um, to and to inform the messaging and stuff. And also just to say, like, we need to get really clear about who we, we are actually talking to. So I just literally took her picture and used her as the avatar. I gave her another name and I gave her some of her own details that I know about her. Like, let me put it this way. I gave her the details of some of the other people. And then I used some of the details I know about her that like fit with that to make one. And then the other one, I just found a different picture. I put the picture up um, and I gave my friend a different name so that I don't think that I'm like writing to my friend. Um, But, and then for the other one, like I gave, I found a picture on Google or whatever um, or, you know, actually, I think I used one that somebody put in the uh, review, you know, because on the review, people post pictures about their results and stuff like that. So I like use that. And so if you're really unclear about who your avatar is, please think really carefully about this that I just shared. And the other like this is something tangible and actionable that you could go do right now. And I'll give you one more thing, too, that you can do is that. Like when I'm doing this stuff with the reviews and everything, what I literally do is I have, and I'm lucky that I have dual monitors. Um, It makes my life so much easier. So on the one monitor, I have the reviews. And on the other monitor, I have a Google document. And um, what you want to look for in the reviews is long. Like somebody who not only do, who takes the time to write a review on Amazon, but like if somebody just writes one or two sentences compared to writing like a paragraph or multiple paragraphs, then that longer one is more valuable to you than the shorter one. So unless the person, and so basically what I do is as I'm reading the stuff, I copy and paste reviews that stand out to me. Like if they just used a phrase that I like, or um, if I feel like I keep seeing a point come up over and over and over again, I'll copy the review, paste it into my Google Doc. I highlight the part that um, stood out to me. And maybe I'll make a comment like in the doc, you know, highlight it and comment like, I see this coming up all the time. Or like, sometimes even the copy structure starts to take place for me as I'm doing this process because I'm like, like this could be a sub headline, like this could be a headline. We should have a section underneath of the header where we use these two testimonials and um, stuff like that. And so I'll have a doc of multiple pages. You know, it's not, it's not just one, but of multiple pages and bolded and highlighted and stuff that stands out to me. And then the trick is to high converting copy is to use those exact phrases. That's what people like the biggest mistake that people make. And the truth is that I think that David Ogilvie said this. I'm pretty sure it was him that said it, or maybe Gary Halbert, one of them. Um, but the truth is that nobody will tell you better, like better copy than the customer themselves. So use those exact phrases verbatim match their syntax, um, match this whole process that I'm describing. I teach it in one of my online courses and it's called sentiment matching. And I go into it like much deeper. And I also share my 
like Google Docs and stuff like that that I have about it. Um, so it's just a whole separate thing. But I mean, th- you really could, if you do both of these things, go read the reviews, get your review document out. Even, even okay, like people don't have reviews of your product. Look at your competitors. Look at their Facebook reviews. Go on Amazon. Look at books and other other stuff. You know, for fitness, like you don't only have to look at books and other supplements. You can look at like training things like Bowflex or whatever. Like as much information as you can get about who the fuck these people are that buy this stuff. If it's not you, if you didn't ever buy the product that you're affiliating, like if you're affiliating a weight loss supplement and you've never personally bought it, you're not the avatar. So you can do this. You can figure that stuff out. Go on YouTube, type in your product review and your um, competitor review and stuff like that. Watch them. Watch 10. Keep the links. I put, I put links and stuff into my Google document too if there were um, video reviews or stuff like that. And you just get it all together um, in a document and then you can start to see in the data clear as day, what keeps coming up and what has really made an impact with people because you're going to see the same idea repeated like five and five different reviews from completely different people. I love that. And I love how diligent you are about the research. That's probably the reason why, why you are so successful with copywriting. Now I want to be mindful of your time so i have like quick question uh regarding copy as well uh when people are writing i feel oftentimes they come from the place like where they are and oftentimes describing the benefits i see that like with ofa challenge for example a lot of people are promoting that now versus the features like how would you approach that other than letting them other than researching and using actually the language that people were using. Yeah. I think that when it comes to writing copy and stuff, I I would go even maybe one step back and you let me know what you think about this, but I think a lot of people tell themselves a story that um, I'm not a good writer and they go back to school, you know, like I didn't do well in my literature class or whatever, and I'm not a good writer and it's hard and I suck at it and da 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 da. So if if you're feeling like that and like writing is a struggle for you, it is first let me say it is for a lot of people. Um here is a quick tip that you can implement right away. Instead of sitting down and trying to write, take out your phone and talk. You know, because the the best converting copy is conversational. It's straightforward. You're telling stories and stuff like that. So just get out a phone, pretend that you're explaining like to your best friend who just so happens to be the perfect customer avatar, but you know, somebody that you really care about and somebody that you like and somebody that you have a rapport with already. Because I think that we also psych ourselves out a little bit like, oh, well, I don't know these people and they're strangers and da-da-da-da-da. Well, pretend that you know them. Pretend that you've been best friends for five years, you know, and that you know each other really well. And just explain it um, as as long as you can go on. And it's okay if you, like, pause and restart ideas and stuff like that. Then, you know, when when you're all done, get a transcription. You can either 
do it. There are some services that will do it like for free, or you could go to rev.com and you can get for pretty affordable, um, some, a human to do it, but also they have like an AI one that's only 10 cents per minute or something like that. So you can get it pretty cheap if you just want something to work with. Um, or, you know, if you want to be a, you want to life hack it, just go on Google translate, put English to English, put the microphone and then play your note back up to it. And like, as long as you're talking, I think that it will keep like, just keep going or upload it to, um, Facebook as private and you can use the automatically generated transcripts or whatever like that. But then either way, just get it for yourself in text. And then you're not starting with a blank page. You're starting with, um, you're starting from something and then you're not like starting from a blank page. You have something that you can uh, copy and paste and move around and play with and then reorganize so that it makes sense. And so that's just like, I think that's the real challenge that people have with copywriting and going to your point of like, what is the right time for benefits and features and stuff like that. Um, the right time for features is almost never. It's basically just like features are okay. Kind of by the pricing table. Um, when it comes time to make the decision and people are just like, okay, well for this much money, like what am I, what am I actually getting? And like, what's the format and stuff like that. So when they're about ready to make a decision, um, that's when you want to explain what the format is or what's included, but otherwise, um, don't, (laughs) it's my advice for that. And I think that, you know, what you say with the OFA challenge and stuff like that, I would look at who is successful with it and who is not. And the truth is that a lot of people who are beginners and stuff, they are just pew, 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 like benefit, benefit, benefit. Like it it doesn't really make any sense. It's like a total scattershot, just every possible good thing that you could think to say to it. There's no structure. There's no order. There's no reason for saying any of these things versus if you look at who is successful with it, they are telling a story. And this is also what I do in my copywriting is like, first you have to understand the problem and how, like back to the language, how people verbalize their problem and see their problem to themselves. And if they decide to confide in someone, like if you have a problem and you're going to, you know, tell your mom or something because you want advice and also to vent, like how would you explain it to her and stuff like that? You need to understand that about other people you know, or your best friend or whatever, if you wouldn't vent to your mom, but like whoever you're going to vent to, how would they do that? You know? And then you make a story about the challenge itself. So, um, once I was writing these store, uh, what was it? It was Facebook ads for teeth whitening, whatever. And I was, I wrote a story that actually happened to me although it didn't affect me in the way that like I presented it in the story. Um, but it was like that a girl posted a picture of herself on Facebook and then her mom, um, mailed her teeth whitening strips because she thought that her teeth looked yellow in the picture. And I actually have had that happen to me. Like my mom sent, my mom tells me, like the thing is it doesn't affect me like it did as I presented it in the ad. Um, but she's like, yeah, like if you're going to be on camera and stuff more, like 
you want to make sure that you have white teeth. And she did actually send me teeth whitening strips. So, um, but I was able to use that story because it was something that I was familiar with or going back to the um, weight loss stuff. Like if you had to tell a story about that, you don't want to just lead with like, um, you know, the benefit of this is that it has green tea extract and it's going to help you like remove toxins and obliterate fat and whatever, whatever, whatever. What you want to start with is like, I, you know, my friend, I'm trying to think, I'm like scanning my bank of, of um, knowledge and memories and things that have happened to me and other people for what I could use right now. And it would be like, you know, we uh, had a fun beach day and I had a great time and went home. But then my friend posted a picture on Instagram and tagged me in it. And when I looked at it, I just really absolutely was crushed at how I looked in that photo. And I, ha I wondered to myself, is that really how I look? Um, that's something that happened to somebody else. So, but you like the point of this research and stuff like that is to understand those situations. And I mean, we've talked a lot about like products and reviews and stuff like that, but there's a whole separate part of my research process where I'm just looking at people having this problem, you know, even if they didn't necessarily go with our product or one of the competitors or like, regardless of how they ultimately solved it. Um, I have looked at people asking like, you know, in my example with the client with the straightening brush, um, girls who have really curly hair asking how people straighten it um, for and like for advice on how people straighten it and stuff like that. Because what I'm looking for is how she's thinking about the problem. And then also the comments are useful because people, not all the time, like sometimes they're just like, I do this and it works. But other times they're, they'll in the comments elaborate a little bit about how they viewed their problem and why they decided to take the solution that, you know, they're about to explain what worked for them, or they might say stuff that they tried in the past and didn't work for them. And here's what did work for me and stuff like that. So it's not even only about the product, like your product or competition or even books or whatever. There's like a whole separate part of this research process where you have to discover the, in the same way that like my mom mailed me teeth whitening strips or in the same way that my, this is something that a friend told me about this thing in the picture. And is that really what I look like? So you got to find those stories by being a detective. And there's like a whole separate process that of just looking at people asking about what you're solving and not even the part where they're making decisions. Yeah, I agree so much. That is usually, I'm in the ClickFunnels group a lot. And when people would come up with, I have some problem regarding promoting X, Y, whatever it is, it's usually FA or ClickFunnels. Yeah. And they are like totally unaware. They're super product focused. And I'm like, but what problem are you solving? And they, they didn't even think about it. And I think that's one of the biggest. I think most people are like, the problem that I'm solving is that I want more money in my bank account. <laughs> And, I'm, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not going to make somebody buy from you. So I think that that's, there, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I like making money. You like making money. You listening, you like making money. 
that's totally cool. But telling like, you're literally just telling people you should buy OFA for me because I want to make money and that's not going to work. That's so true. All right, Jamie, thank you so much for your time. I know we took a bit more than we have discussed, uh, but I think listeners will get a lot of value. Uh, could you share with them where can they find you and connect with you online? Yes, absolutely. You can go to it's so my full name is Jamie Dorshuk, but I have a shortened URL. So it's J A M I E D like dog O E R dot com. And it will take you to um, my long, confusing name. <laughs> Or you can go at affiliatejourney.co slash Jamie D because we already had Jamie on the podcast. Just add letter D on top and you can find the links uh, there. Do you want any other link or is that enough? Maybe social links, whatever. Um, You know, you can find all of that stuff uh, on my personal website, but my, my business name is The Doer Co. It's three words, but it's D-O-E-R space C-O. So you can like Google that and then it will come up with the Instagram and the Facebook and all that stuff. Most of them are just like slash the doer co or at the doer co, but I have a medium and a Twitter that are um, the underscore doer co. But if you just type the doer co into Google, it all comes up and we will put it in the links too. Um, So just go to uh, to slash Jamie D and then you can find all the, all the fun stuff or in the show notes of your podcasting app or YouTube or or wherever in the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like wherever, you know, (laughs) down here or up there or side to side, or, um, I feel like in Alice in Wonderland when it's like, they went that way. (laughs) Um, yeah. So if wherever you're listening to this, check out the notes or the description and we'll have some good links for you there too. Um, and you can just Google the doer co or, you know, you'll find it. I believe in you. You're smart. So <laughs> you better be if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you are smart if you're listening to this podcast, cause you're trying to better yourself. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. All right, Jamie, again, thanks so much for your time. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on the podcast and on the YouTube, wherever you're listening to. And until next week, cheers. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. If you're listening to this, it means that you have listened to the entire podcast interview and you got to the very end and i want to congratulate you i see that you you are an action taker you are learning you are committed and i want to just applaud you and i want to thank you for listening to my podcast out of all the others that you may choose from uh i do hope you got a lot of value from it and i hope i'll see you next tuesday on the solo cast as well in the meantime don't forget to subscribe and leave a review 
if you found value in the podcast it helps us grow and i would definitely appreciate it a lot also if you haven't already join affiliate marketing elite it's a free facebook group that i'm running where you may find amazing marketers uh, more like-minded people i also have some exclusive interviews that you may find only in the group so yeah happy to see you there as well and in the meantime cheers for your success